Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears. Multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, and right now they are running an exclusive offer for Truth From The Stand listeners. Now through October 10th, when you use the promo code TRUTH100, that's T-R-U-T-H-100, you'll be able to purchase the Exodus Trek camera for $100. That's $45 off of the original price. You're also still getting the same kick-ass camera with a five-year warranty, a five-year theft policy, all backed by their industry-leading customer service. Make sure you take advantage of this offer while it lasts and get yourself a kick-ass camera at a kick-ass price. Hello and welcome to the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you're listening to episode number 82, brought to you by Wicked Tree Gear. Today, John and I are talking about our openers, the swamp, and big buck encounters. So stay tuned. All right, all right. What is up, everyone? Happy Wednesday to you out there in the whitetail world. I can hear all whitetail hunters rejoicing because the season is finally here. I believe everyone is open at this point. Uh, I believe the last folks to open up were on Monday. And uh, I've definitely seen some pictures of some big deer hitting the ground already, man. So I know that you know there's a little bit of cool weather that came through here in the eastern part of the country. I won't say super cold. I, I wouldn't go as far as to maybe say it's a cold front per se. Um, but the temperatures definitely got a little, a little, a little cooler. And, uh, at least my, my experience in the, uh, in the timber this past weekend, uh, definitely caused a little bit of a, a little bit of deer movement, which was, which was nice to see. And, and, and of course, John and I will get into what we may have seen or what we haven't seen during our, uh, during our openers here over the course of the weekend. And for John on, on, on Monday in, in Iowa. So we're not going to belabor this up front too long. John and I are going to kind of talk about what has gone on in the beginning parts of our season here. Opener specifically, a little bit of a swamp update with some of the the hammers I have in there and uh, talk all things deer hunting. So the nice thing about this is, is that, you know, from now for the foreseeable future, we'll be talking deer hunting and actually have real hunting updates to, to discuss during during podcast, which is awesome. So before we get into the podcast, though, let's go ahead and take care of a few pieces of uh, housekeeping, a few housekeeping keeping items here. So first, we were doing uh, a giveaway of the Trophy Ridge H4 uh, React site that was on Instagram. 
and I am announcing the winner here today of that site, and it is, drumroll please, that was on a table, big budget here, big budget. The winner is Ruben. Ruben, I don't know your last name, but you also go as Common Ground Bow Hunter on Instagram. So if you're listening to this, you are the winner of the Trophy Ridge H4 React uh, site, and I will get a hold of you on Instagram and get your shipping information and get that uh, mailed out to you as soon as possible. The other piece of housekeeping here that I wanted to make mention of, animal-related but not necessarily deer-related, um, it's actually to help some pooches. So. Um, my brother-in-law, he's actually doing a GoFundMe to, to raise some money for, um, for the uh, animal shelters in the, in the Pittsburgh area. So regardless of whether you live in, in or around Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh or not, man, words are tough today around Pittsburgh or not, or if we just want to support, uh, you know, the, the, uh, some dollars going to an animal, animal shelter to help some pooches out, then you can head over to the, uh, GoFundMe website at GoFundMe.com backslash beards for Bubba. His dog's name is Bubba. He got him from the animal shelter there. Super cool cane corso. Um, it's always nice to help out some pooches. If you uh, Maybe you don't have a few extra dollars to donate and that's okay and you just want to show your support in social media. Uh, that's fine too. You can just, you know, if, if you're growing a beard or go ahead and grow yourself a beard, take a picture of it, post it on Instagram with the hashtag of beards for Bubba and uh, you'll be able to show your support through social media. And with that, before we jump into our conversation, let's take a quick second to thank our partners that continue to help us make this podcast possible. We are brought to you by Wicked Tree Gear, the longest, lastest, fastest cutting, toughest tree trimming equipment you have ever used. Simply put, the toughest saws on earth. How tough are they? Tough enough to come with a lifetime warranty. And right now, when you visit wickedtreegear.com, use the promo code TRUTH at checkout and save yourself 20% on any Wicked product purchase. We're also brought to you by Tech and Money Seed. Everything is bigger and better in Texas. No matter if you're in the South, Midwest, or Northeast, Tech and Money has your food plot seed needs covered. Visit techandmoney.com and check out their product selector tool to help you pick the right seed for your food plots. Use the promo code TRUTH at checkout and save yourself 20%. I know this is probably a little past due here in the North, but for all the... Uh, all of our southern brothers and sisters, I believe you are still in the window of planting time. And we're also brought to you by Glacier Coolers, simply the world's finest. Whether you're hunting, camping, or fishing, you'll, you'll enjoy smarter design, stronger construction, and superior insulation of Glacier Coolers. Visit them at GlacierCoolers.com. Promo code TRUTH at checkout and save yourself 20%. And who doesn't need a cooler to keep the beverages cold for celebrating a big buck down? And with that, let's get to the show. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Truth from the Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. And today we're going to uh, no frills, John. We're doing we're doing no frills. It's deer season. It's time to get serious. What do you think? <laughs> I, I agree, man. October first. Let's um, let's kick it off, man. You know, let's, I know that's what I, that's what I'm saying, man. It's uh, usually I give a nice little a little intro, maybe give you a little nickname, but I think the funny business is over, dude. It's down. It's down to business now. It's as you mentioned. It's October first. Trying to put big deer on the ground. If you're me, you're trying to not get any more poison oak or poison ivy, which is uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But uh, no, today, folks, John and I are just going to do a little catching up, man. You know, I know we did a little catch up two weeks ago, but this is the first show kind of coming live that is uh, is deer season. 
you know, all the other ones have been kind of leading up to our plans for deer season, you know, our, our hopes, our dreams, our aspirations. And then now it's finally here. We we're actually getting to get into the timber and do a little bit of hunting and stuff like that. So we just figured we would do a little catching up on the, uh, the inaugural hunts, because there's always a lot of mishaps that typically happen on those first couple hunts. Uh, so we figured we would talk about those a little bit, maybe maybe a little bit of uh, camera strategy. This is also the time of year when we need to be thinking about changing cameras and, and moving locations and, and, and so forth. And uh, and we'll just kind of keep it to deer hunting uh, today, if that's all right with you, John. Sound good? Yep, I like it. I like it. Nice, man. So we'll go with you first, man, because I know you were <clears> just... You just you literally just crawled out of the timber. So the opener, yep. the opener in Iowa, and I know you sent me a text message. We were talking about your your stand set up where you're going to be located and stuff, the the GPS coordinates and so forth, and talking about the wind that was being played there. But uh, so how how was your first set? Boring. Boring. <laughs> Hell of an update. Hell of an update. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean it, you know it's it's early season. Uh, it's you know those things are kind of hit or miss. Uh, very, this, um, you know, this is one of those spots that, you know, you, you back up off the field edge and you get into the timber, into that staging area. And it's 100%, in my opinion, weather dependent. And we, we had some lows, like, you know, 43 degrees, 47 degrees. And we had some highs, like in the low Mm sixties, uh, a couple days ago. And then all of a sudden, it shot back up to 82 degrees today for the high. So, um, you know, but I had a good win for it for my walk in, my walk out, um, and, and during my time, you know, in the in the tree stand. So, um, you know, very minimal uh, invasive, you know, go in. But I tell you, like you said, it, it's uh, we've been talking about it all year long. Um, I almost chalk it up to like going on a dry run, you know, mm-hmm. go in there, get your bow hangers in, get your other screw in stuff set up and, um, you know, go through the motions one time. I mean, man, I walked to my truck and I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. And I'm like, oh no, I don't have a harness. Yeah. Went back inside the office, grabbed a harness, walked back out and I'm like, oh, no, I left the GoPro. I got to get the GoPro. So it was nice just to kind of go through the motions one time and, and actually make it to the tree stand with everything. Right. Dude, you're one step ahead of me because my first set this year was uh, was Sands Release. So that was, yeah. my, that was my inaugural run. I mean, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, I didn't see anything on the first set. Um, you know, so there was, you know, no harm, no foul. But you're definitely right, man. That first set is always, you know, I think I feel like I make 10 trips back into the house and like, I start walking away from the truck, getting ready to walk into the timber, and I'm like, oh, man, I left this in the truck. And I turn around and I go back to the truck. And it's like you just mm-hmm. never feel like you have all your stuff together. And then you sit in the tree stand and you're like, so what else did I forget that I'm not thinking about right yeah. now? You know? Yeah. So, so, but well, that's cool, man. I mean, you know, we've had here in PA, we actually, so I've been hunting for, I guess, two two weeks now just a little over two weeks because mm-hmm. it comes in, in the eastern part of the state a little early and uh you know so i've actually had a chance to get in the tree a few a few different hunts and i guess i'll i'll back up first and kind of start with you know the first hunt which i'd mentioned which was you know i'll, I'll back up even further 
So uh, there's a couple properties that I know that we've mentioned that I'm hunting this year. And one of them is the swamp that's, that's near me, which is a new piece of public land to me. And then my dad's property, of course. Um, and so the earlier part of the season has been the swamp that I've been kind of focusing on because that's, you know, it came in two weeks earlier than the rest of the state. And it was really kind of, I was intending, I think if you, if you remember correctly, John, I was mentioning, this was kind of what I was going to treat as like my burner property, right? Like yeah, if I just want to get yep. out and hunt, you know, and you don't care if I'm bumping deer or whatever, I just want to get out and maybe, you know, kill a doe or two or whatever. It just, you know, it was, that was kind of what I was going to use this property for. So I walked in for the first hunt and left my release in the truck. You know, like I said, didn't see anything, so no harm, no foul. Had a camera that I had hung in there, but the SD card that I put in it, you know, crapped out on me, so no no images, but I just happened to take another camera with me. So I walked in a little deeper to the swamp and just decided, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to hang a camera here just to see what happens. So sure. came back like a week later to do another hunt. And this, I think I also mentioned to you, I was going to do, I was going to do some morning hunts in here too. Cause again, I was kind of treating it as a burner property and, you know, was just want to get out into the timber. So I went out and hunted one morning. Um, yeah, I guess it was like a week and a half ago on a Saturday or a week ago, whatever it was. Um, and had a morning set, uh, saw a deer early in the morning, couldn't really tell what it was or whatever, you know, no big deal. Jumped out of the tree in the afternoon and was like, was planning to go to my buddy Phil's property where I killed my buck last year. That was my plan to go hunt there in the evening. And I was like, you know what, before I get out of here, let me just go check this camera real quick. I was like, I can grab the card out of it. At least that way I can check it before I go to hunt out at Phil's. So I grabbed the card, drove home, get home real quick, did some stuff around the house. And was like, yeah, before I go out, let me check this SD card real quick. And you know, those of you out there listening, like no Pennsylvania, we're having better and better deer every year. You know, we've had antler restrictions for quite some time now, and it seems like the the deer that you're seeing year in and year out are getting better every year. Uh, but it's still you're hard pressed to find, you know, bona fide giants. You know, what I mean, or not giants, but like real good deer. What would classify as good deer anywhere? You know, um, and uh, I hopped on this card to check it out, and wouldn't you know it? There are four bona fide shooters in this piece of swamp and one i sent you he's probably pushing 150 if if you know if my guesstimate's right and probably pushing mm-hmm. five maybe six years old that was the picture i had sent you and i was like what do you think and your response was shoot him <laughs> yeah shoot him now please yeah. yeah yeah so that's been kind of my my swamp kind of hunt so after that you know i of course went back there that that evening and and what I was realizing was, is like, you know, the access in this swamp is just horrendous. Um, so I went back and I hunted that evening and did a set and, you know, didn't see anything, came out and was like, you know what, I need to figure out a better option for, for access in this place. So that Sunday, you know, there's no hunting in Pennsylvania on Sunday. There, it's, there, it's bordered by another piece of private ground um, that is somewhat public access. So or not, not private ground, I shouldn't say like public access ground, but it's by permission. So I, I ended up getting permission to kind of walk on this piece of property, not necessarily to use it as access, but I was allowed to kind of take a sachet through. It was what my permission was for. Um, and I was really trying to see if I could find an additional access route somewhere kind of on the back side of the swamp. And I found a place that I could get through. But what I had realized was, was that was another section of bedding. So that kind of marked that off the list. There was another piece of access that I could try if I kind of stayed 
to like the west side of the swamp and kind of hug that perimeter in, I could possibly get into get into the tree stand that way. So what was it? A couple of days went by and I ended up taking off half a day of work to hunt an evening because as you mentioned, you know, we've had some cooler weather here recently and I was fortunate that I could take advantage mm-hmm. of it since hunting season was in out on this side of the state. So we had a nice, I forget what it was, like a 10, 12 degree temp drop from Wednesday to Thursday. So I took a half day from work on Thursday and was like, you know what? I'm going to go in here and give this give this a sit and I have a good feeling about it. Had good access in, had good wind on my way in. Everything was good. Climbed a tree. This tree had poison oak on it. Um, but this was like the tree that I was like, this is the tree that I have to be in. This is the tree where... You got to do it. Yeah. I was like, this is where the action's going to be, right? Yep. So... I, I said to hell with it that and I was like I've never had poison anything in my life I don't think I've ever I was never allergic to it like I've walked through it never got it so I was like yeah whatever I was like I'll climb this tree whatever poison oak I won't get it climb the tree and uh I'm uh getting ready to cam lock my stand right got my sticks up ready to roll hang my stand on go to start cam locking the stand and I heard something I just looked back over my right hand shoulder and there was the one eight point shooter staring, not staring at me. He was staring in my general direction. Like he, I think he heard the tree like bark scraping when I was cam locking, got curious and kind of walked in and then just kind of stood at like 40 ish yards from me, just kind of looking to try to see if he could figure out what was going on and never, never saw me, never smelled me because I had the wind. And then he just kind of turned around and walked away. And I was like, you gotta be freaking kidding me. I was like, <laughs> I did everything right, except, and this was crazy, yeah. man, because like the weather dropped, right? The temp drops. So I was like, these deer are going to move, right? Sure. It was actually high pressure too. You know what I mean? So it was, it was set up for like a good movement day. And I was like, I want to be in my stand by three o'clock. That was my goal. I was like, get in the stand by three because, you know, movement might start happening by four if, if it starts early, right? This was, right, right, right. this was like 10 till three. 10 to 3, 5 to 3, whenever he snuck up on me. Like, really? Like, that early. Yeah, so it's like, I don't huh. know. I mean, I don't think I could have done anything else. I got there early. I mean, I, I I left, you know, I worked from home that day and left my house at, like, 1, you know, to get out there and get all, you know, geared up and stuff like that and walked in. And I walked in ridiculously slow, trying not to make any noise, you know, on my way in. So, like, I played the game right. It's just like, man, I did not anticipate them moving that early. It was ridiculous. Sure. But. Well, you know, and I think that's, the, you know, to, to goes to the whole weather change, uh, how important those cold fronts are. I mean, it, uh, you know, some people are like, oh, well, it might get them on their feet a few minutes earlier. Well, in your case, it probably got him on his feet like four hours earlier. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, it's. I don't know, man. I found a little honey hole there because, you know, I, know, I think I sent you all the pictures, but there are. There's that 10 point that's probably pushing 150. And then there's an eight point that's probably, he's probably 140, mid 130s. You know, there's there's four deer in there that are 130 or better, put it that way. And for Pennsylvania, that's that's a crop of deer. You know what I mean? On, and especially on a small, small as a piece that, as that sure. is. Um, so, yeah, so I'm spending some time, you know, some time there, obviously. I'm just waiting for the next cold front, you know, or the next weather change to come through. Because as you mentioned, man, it's, you know, the next week and a half, the weather just looks shitty. 
<laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's the rest of this week. It's just garbage. I've got, I, I don't have good wins for where I want to be. And, um, things really for us don't start getting a little bit better until like Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. I think Saturday so, we, we have a little bit better weather. I think it's supposed to, I think the high maybe on Saturday is like 67. I think I saw, but I have a, uh, my wife scheduled a, a, uh, an out of town barbecue that I'll be, uh, be attending. So, uh, yeah. What? Uh, yeah, I know that was, wait, uh, wait a second. Barbecue yeah. out of town. During the hunting during, season? During October, yeah. Yeah, I know. Did she not get the memo? Uh, apparently, apparently the uh, the address was wrong. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I did... I did uh, well, the, so this is the thing. It's a buddy of mine that get we... Get it out of the way now. At least it's not late October. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the kicker, man. So it's like, I can't, I can't argue too much, man. Because her birthday is on, like, the, the second week in November. During the second week in November. And yep. I miss her birthday every year because i'm in ohio so yeah I, I you know i would like to complain a little bit but i don't think i have a whole lot of room to considering i get nah. to pass on her birthday during during that session so battles um, battles and wars man yeah you know? yeah i'll lose i'll lose this battle to to win the war i guess so to speak but you know what you know what's going to happen man is i'll go check that camera the next time i get in there and you know when that big Ten points going to walk by my, my stand there, location the day of the yeah when you were standing over top of a grill with it, your plate out there getting a getting a bun and a dog <laughs> exactly yep. dude exactly so but that I mean you know that set that I had after I saw that shooter was still a good set because I had a small buck kind of workout and like I said this piece is all brand new to me so anything I'm seeing now is just intel you know what I mean some you know I saw a couple deer come out of out of the swamp from a certain area. And so I kind of know now that that's, that's a bedding area back in there. I don't know exactly who's using it. Um, I have a feeling that one of those shooter bucks is bedding out further toward the front of the swamp toward like the main, what you would call the main quote unquote entrance. Um, if I were a mature buck, it's where I'd be bedding because there's really, for most people, there's only one way in and one way out. Um, so anyone Mm -hmm. who comes in, you're going to know, you know, so I imagine they're, you know, bedding up that way. Um, at least one. And there's two pieces of high ground up there too, right off to the, like the side of like where you typically would want to entrance uh, in, into that. So I'm figuring they're bet- betting there, which is why I kind of take, you know, the, the high side on the opposite side of the swamp and try to work my way in that way. But I think my long term plan is to talk to the private landowner that borders that swamp, and see if I can get access. Just I don't even want to walk through their yard, and I don't even need to park in their driveway. I just want to park where I'm parking, and I want to walk the edge of their yard up like that would line up just because if I can do that all the way to the end and then cut down in the timber, I can basically perpendicular right down into the stand location without ever touching the, without ever hopping into the swamp at all until I get to my stand. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that's my long-term goal. If I can make that happen, I think I'll be set up pretty, uh, set up pretty good, but yeah. So, so that's the, uh, the swamp update. So I think I've got high hopes for that. Um, you know, how about you, man? I know with the weather being kind of, kind of iffy here that, you know, for the next, however, you know, foreseeable future, so to speak, you know, what, what are your plans during that time? Do you just not hunt? Do you, do you have some burner property you're going to hit or, you know, what's on, what's Uh, on the Utah itinerary? Yeah. So 
you know, a lot of the properties are kind of set up for that uh, that last week of October through the rut and then late season. Um, you know, with, with Iowa's season coming in October 1st, I probably should have done a better job and maybe done some more clover, mm-hmm. um, you know, on one of the properties. But nonetheless, um, I tried to go big all towards the fall. That way in the fall, I could maximize the properties that I had to jump around on and not burn out one, you know, in particular. Right. So, um, anywho's. Yeah, the only thing I caught tonight was maybe some like West Nile. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Man, it was awful. Like yeah. gnats, like trying to like land and nest in my eyes, and yeah, uh, I can't stand that. Bzz, bzz, like in your ear, and you're like, seriously, get out of my ear. Yeah. Um, so I ended up pulling my hood up. Um, that helped a little bit, but then you know that restricts your hearing, and, yeah. I, and I like to be able to hear stuff, you know. So yeah. I don't know. It's Today was one of those reminders where I'm like, yep, it's opening day, and and I'm hunting for the nostalgia of opening day. But other than that, this sucks, yeah. you know? <laughs> Just yeah. it was so hot. Yeah, dude. Um, I hear you, man. But, I think, um, on, you top, on top of the poison oak, I'm pretty sure I caught a pretty good dose of malaria in the swamp. That, yeah. It yeah. was just ridiculous, yeah. man. Ridiculous. But uh, if anybody hears of us, like, falling over mysteriously, it's due to mosquitoes yeah yeah I, I was sitting thinking the one day i'm not quite sure what mis- sir what purpose they serve like in the grand scheme of things like everything always has like a thing that it does like bees like you know i'm not a big fan of bees because i typically get stung by them but i understand yep. the purpose that they serve you know what i mean which is yeah you have yeah, to have pollinate and yeah and it's like all it, that yeah, yeah they're, the, they're they're the little thing that makes the world go around really you know so it's like okay it's like even though they're kind of a pain in my ass sometimes, it's like, I like bees. But mosquitoes... Yeah, pretty important. Yeah, but mosquitoes, I'm like, I can't find one endearing quality about mosquitoes at all. Yeah, I don't know. But... Yeah, I, I can't I can't think of anything either. Yeah, I got nothing. Creates jobs for... Bats. People to make mosquito spray. Maybe <laughs> bats like yeah, them. Yeah, bat food. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. But so that's the swamp update, and that was kind of like the early part of my season. And then this past Saturday, we had the statewide opener, and so mm, this mm-hmm. was cool because so, so it was it was cool for a couple of reasons. One, well, one was a bummer. My dad wasn't able to make it up, and I was really looking forward to hunting with the old man over opening weekend. But he just he couldn't get out of uh, out of the Carolinas this weekend, so. So that didn't happen. So I drove back anyway, just because I'd never hunted this property before. And I was like, you know what? I want to just do, I just want to hunt it. I want to see what's going on. Right. So, you know, again, not in what you would say, you know, recommended fashion. You know, I decided early that I was going to go ahead and do a morning hunt. And, but Uh at the same time, I was like, if I'm going to do that on this property, right. I was like, I need to, like, I got to beat the deer back to bed. Even if I get dark deer and I don't see them, like I got to at least beat them back to bed because these deer on this property don't really ever get pressured. So they're super, like all last year when I was watching cameras, there was a lot of daylight walking, like a ton of daylight walking and a lot of back to bed late, like just historically all last year. So I was like, you know, I have a chance to see deer. I was like, you know, even if I hunt the morning, but I got to make sure so I don't bust anything up, I need to get in ridiculously early. So that was my game plan, and I ended up getting in my stand, I don't know, I was just like 5 o'clock, I think, 5 a.m. I was in the stand, um, which for mm-hmm. me, 
is pretty early. You know, it's a couple hours before for daylight. And uh, right around, I had a nice, you know, assassin's perch kind of set up. And I was watching this, you know, there was an apple tree kind of at the end of this, at the end of this one run that runs out into this like crep program field. And then a bunch of hardwood behind me. And then there was a bunch of like a really high stem count kind of area right before you get to that apple tree. And that's where I found a tree and kind of set up. And I I did cut one shooting lane this summer and anything that would walk by that spot, they were going to have to funnel into this particular trail because it's kind of where a fence row meets that meets that kind of high stem count and kind of funnels them all out to that, to that apple tree. Uh-huh. So I hung a, a sweet stand in, in this spot and around eight thirty had a group of five does cruise by me and every one of them walked that trail at 15 yards broadside to the shooting lane that I cut. And I was like, man, I was like, this is, if I could just get a buck to walk by, I was like, this is like, it would almost be like stealing, right? The, the shot at least. Right. So they go out and I had the wind. I was in good shape. They ended up catching my ground scent as they were making their way to that apple train. They just kind of stopped. And now they were past me. So they were a little bit downwind of me. Um, still didn't fully catch my wind. I had the Ozonics kind of running and they didn't, they knew something was different, but they couldn't tell what. So they just kind of milled around there for a little while. They ended up bedding behind me for like an hour. Like the one, did you ever hear a, did you ever hear a deer snore? Uh, no, I don't no. think I have. So I didn't think that I did either, but I heard something behind me. It sounded like the, like a combination of like a doe bleat and, and like a blow. But it was really mm-hmm. soft and subtle. And I kept hearing it. I'm like, man, what the hell is behind me? And I turned around, and then there's a, a doe bedded like, at like 15 yards. And I looked back further into the timber underneath these pines, and there was like the rest of the doe group that she was with all bedded down. And they bedded there for, for like an hour. Just never moved. Just kind of hanging out. Had the wind. And that was another thing that was kind of telling how deer are using the wind differently on different properties, right? Because this wind, mm-hmm. like you always hear them say like the wind with they'll bed with the wind to their back because they're going to want to watch in front of them and smell anything from behind. Sure. And this was like classic that, right. And so it was just one of those things where you always hear these things, but then when you get to see it in practice, it's like, Oh, okay. Now it makes sense. Like I can see it. Like they, this is, you know, what they're watching. And then this is what they're trying to smell. Cause I'm, you know, using the same exact wind that they're using, you know? So that was kind of cool to see that. But then right around, I guess it was eight o'clock. I started hearing like, it almost sounded like branches kind of cracking or something like that. And then like tree bark and stuff like that. I was like, man, what is that? So I kept kind of listening and I was like, is there a a bird or something in the one tree out in front of me? And then as I kept listening, I was like, you know what? I was like, that sounds like bucks sparring. So, you know, once I got done with the morning, the morning hunt, you know, I ended up having to get my grunt tube out and, and do some grunts just to get, get the does to move out of there. So I can get out of the stand, got out of the stand and was like, you know what, before I go back to the truck and, kind of take a little nap before the evening hunt. I was like, I'm going to run and check this one trail camera. Went and grabbed the camera or SD card, took it back to the truck, checked it. And sure enough, there was one of the shooter rate points was there sparring with another like younger six point right in right in front of the trail camera. And it went on for probably 30, 45 minutes. So I got to listen. Yeah. So that was super cool, man. Like I got to, the funny thing was, is I almost went and set up in that spot, but I was like, you know what? I was like that, is really kind of like a it's it's where I'm noticing that the deer are running this parallel trail and that's where the bedding is because that back part of the property actually was had caught on fire like some years ago before my dad bought it and it's mm-hmm. just super nasty thick and anytime I see a buck on trail camera he's always traveling from that direction every time so I know they're bedding in there 
you know, somewhere. I don't know exactly where the beds are, but I know basically how they're getting back and forth between bedding and food and, you know, checking to bedding areas whenever the pre-rut and rut rolls around. So I just decided to let it alone because I think it's going to be on fire whenever, you know, we get to late October. And, uh, I mean, I kind of wish I wouldn't have, but at the same time, it was just cool to know that he was up there sparring and I could hear it and, um, which was super cool. And then, you know, did the evening hunt, didn't see anything got skunked on the evening hunt, but did check the trail camera that I have on the, uh, the wicked greens plot, man. And the deer are murdering that plot. Like just killing. Nice. Yeah, dude. It's, it looks like someone took a lawnmower to it. Like the whole thing, the entire thing. Wow. Yeah. Just hammering it. So this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. That was good and got some, you know, pictures from, of some bucks on those cameras that are around that. So, you know, this last weekend hunting that property was really a weekend of me continuing to put some puzzle pieces together. And then uh, I do have two shooters on that property. So that eight point. Um, that was sparring. And then there was a nine point that I watched last year that was an up and comer. And he, he blossomed into a, a nice 10 point this year. That's he's by far the best shooter on that property. So a couple shooters there, a couple shooters in the swamp, man. So my season is looking, you know, op, I'm, I'm optimistic, I guess I should say right now for the, uh, for the season of the deer that I had to chase. Yeah. Dude, that's pretty so, freaking cool. But yeah, I mean, you've had a lot of encounters and some some good bucks showing up in a short time period, you know. Yeah, I know. I'm just hoping I'm not uh, just hoping I'm not you know putting it all out there too early. You know what I mean? Like, that's my only uh, my only fear is that this all, getting action now and having some good sets and and stuff like that. But you know, as you know, man, it's like that shit will dry up in a heartbeat. Eric can, you know what I mean? So I'll yeah. just kind of keep. Yeah. Keep well, after I mean, it. Yeah, it, it it can, but uh some seasons you never have it start off at all. So yeah. Take it yeah, take it when you can. Yeah, that's that, that's kind of my philosophy, man, because it's like I've had I've had really slow starts to the past couple years where it's just like I've gone set after set after set without seeing anything. And, you know, so this year I've got good deer on camera. I'm seeing deer from stand, you know, it's um it, I've had a lot more excitement in the earlier part of this year than I have in, you know, just about any, just about any other year. But so what about you, man? So, you know, this time of year, dude, I know it's time to start thinking about, you know, you may have already done this actually changing camera locations and so forth. Have you, have you been moving cameras and getting ready for, you know, setting up over scrapes and so forth? Yeah. Yeah. Um, about the first week of September, 
I went ahead and, and pulled everything from any kind of supplemental feed side or mineral side. And um, all, around August 1st is the last time I freshened up any mineral sites as well. So I left them on there for one, you know, one more four week uh, span and then pulled everything. Um, either covered up mineral sites with fresh dirt or, um, you know, one of them actually had a couple of big down trees, uh, that I was able to drag over top of the mineral sites and, and, compl- and then, then take smaller brush, you know, and just cover them that way. So granted, I'll be able to open them back up next year, but you know, want to be on the up and up and make sure there's no issues going into the year. But, um, right. everything's moved over to habitual scrapes. Mm-hmm. Um, or mock scrapes that I'd already started. So, okay. so how do you like, how, yeah, how do, it's, how, um, how do your mock scrapes do, that? man? Like, so, so, so on the property back home, my dad's property, I can't make mock scrapes because we're in a CWD hot zone. So I can't use any uh-huh. type of mineral or mock scrapes, but here in Eastern PA, can I can't you use like a synthetic powder, even if it's not a natural. Yeah. Anything that's going to congregate deer, you're not allowed to, not allowed to use because they just don't want them concentrated in an area. Yeah. So how do you, so how, but I can hear an Eastern part of the state. I can, I can set up mock scripts. So I'm just curious, man, like what's your, what's your, I guess, what's your foolproof method? Like if, if you're going to set up a mock scrape and you want to be damn sure you're going to get inventory and, and buck activity, like what, what are you doing? Uh, obviously, you know, I'm looking for the, the low hanging branches, uh, on a field edge that, um, you know, maybe it's the entrance of a, um, uh, if there's a common side that they enter a food plot, I'll make it pretty close uh, to that entry point. Mm-hmm. Um, just so it's something that it's hard for them to ignore. You know, right. if you're going to walk right past it, they're more than likely at least going to walk over there and check it out. But um, nice. um, completely scent free. I always make sure I'm, I do it on a day where I've got rubber boots and I even wear like uh, nitrile you know, gloves as well. Um, but, uh, I use, uh, right now I'm using Mrs. Dopey Mm -hmm. and Sam Calora has a pretty neat product called a landmine and it's, uh, it's buck urine, it's doe urine. It's a lot of that. It's it's in, well, no one really knows exactly what's in it, but I think it's, I think it's, uh, a, a couple of different bucks right is what i think he's done is i think he's taken a couple of different bucks and you know every buck has a different scent right right um and in sam's words he says you're creating a pissing match right. you know <laughs> um but it's uh it's a it's a bottle i want to say it's maybe three four ounces um but anyways you you bury it in the ground and just leave the neck you know kind of flush with the ground and it's got a wick that uh, is down inside the bottle you open up the cap and kind of pull that wick out again this is what i was talking about you know wearing nitrile gloves and stuff trying to be as scent free as possible but um and then i also will take a little bit of that and i will squirt uh i'll squirt some of it up on the upper branches Mm -hmm. and then of course you know immediately as soon as i say that people are like oh yeah because deer spray up in the trees too right. <laughs> yeah they they don't they, they don't look at it that way right. you know it's just it's I just mean, scent. deer are smart but they'll never be accountants um <laughs> you know what i mean like right they don't put two plus two together to Qu- equal five quotes so, of the day deer will not be accountants 
they can't be accountants. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> so, you know, put a little bit up in the tree as well. And it just, you know, and, and Sam and I have kind of made the comment, like, it, it'll, it'll turn bucks, like, inside out, you know? And they're just like, not only is there one, but there's two or three, you know, dudes coming and wearing this scrape out. Yeah. I got to get in there, you know? Right. Um, so... You know, I've used it before. Um, last year, there was a particular buck that I'd been running trail cameras on this property all summer long and never gotten a picture of this buck. And about four hours after I set a landmine, he showed up in front of the trail camera to come oh. check it out. Hmm. And I'm like, you little ornery son of a gun. You know what right. I mean? So, uh, But that's what it took to lure him out. And then I'm like, ha ha. He's been there all year. You know, um, he just stayed away from cameras, stayed away from, you know, uh, getting his, getting his picture taken. So anyways, this was cool. And, um, but yeah, so I use that. And then as the season goes on, uh, he's got some other products that I like to use. Um, if there's a, a scrape that's already been started, uh, I'll hang a camera and I'll go over there and kind of freshen it up a little bit. See if I can kind of piss him off a little bit. Literally, <laughs> literally, pissed them yeah. off in a tree. Yeah, literally and figuratively, right, and metaphorically or whatever. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. So I try to like piss them off and um, you know get them to get them to show up and 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 you know freshen want to freshen those sites over top of me and stuff like that. But right, um, yeah. So that's what I'm using and nice. Um, you know, again, it, it's one of those things. It's a, it's another tool in the tool belt. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, are you going to get by on just doing scrapes? No, but it, it is an effective thing. It does work uh, or can work, um, you know, but it, it's it, it all goes into play. Yeah. Um, and I've, this is, I guess, my third year doing uh, doing a lot of scrapes Mm -hmm. you know making mock scrapes and and i feel like i'm getting better at the position of them and the timing you know when to freshen them when not to freshen them you know what's too much and and that kind of stuff so um you know like we talked about every property is different and and it's the same thing your strategy on checking trail cameras or hanging tree stands i mean um nothing in deer hunting obviously is foolproof but it definitely is a is another cool uh, tool, you know. Yeah. Now, do you will you hunt over scrapes as well? I mean, some, yeah. Will you? Okay. Because I mean, I always have yeah, a hard yeah for I, sure. I always have a hard time, you know, because I mean, it's I forget what the statistic is, but it's something like eighty percent or ninety percent of all scrapes are tended to happens cre- cre- at night, right? You know what I mean? So I have a hard time burning a set on a scrape. I did that last year in Ohio, and it literally burnt me you know not literally i guess figuratively burnt me because you know i had one young deer show up show up to that scrape line um yeah you know so it's it's i don't know it's i mean i know whenever i talk to john eberhart like he's a believer in it but he's also a believer in finding you know primary scrape areas which you know how he kind of defines that is it's not just a single scrape that's two foot by two foot or three foot by three foot or whatever it is you know it's it's that one main scrape. And then there might be another like three to six, like smaller scrapes that are around it within like 20 yards or whatever, or within, you know, 10 yards or whatever. Yep. I've seen those before. Yeah. And that's, and so to me, like, like finding that, like I would hunt over that, but I just, there's only really one place that I've ever found that on one of the properties 
properties that I've hunted where it's like where it was that noticeable. And maybe it's just maybe it's not as noticeable as I'm I'm looking for and I'm just overlooking it quite possibly. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, that's something I definitely, I guess, especially with these, these big deer on the, in this swamp, like I, I'm kind of torn, man, because I don't know a whole lot about this swamp still. Cause I got access to it super late in the year. I really only had a chance to speed scout it once and, you know, hunt it just a handful of times here. And I really want to kind of scout it again and, and, and try to figure more of it out, but I'm hesitant to, because I don't want to go bumping deer around. You know what I mean? Because there's a piece of the property that I haven't kind of made it to on the back, the like the complete back end of it that I'd like to get back to. But, you know, I'm hesitant to just because I, I don't want to, you know, kick a bunch of deer up and, and ruin my chances. So, because I'd love to find something like that in the in that swamp. Because I think if I could figure out where the where a primary scrape area is in there, I could be in the chips here in the next couple of weeks. Before we continue our conversation, let's talk about Wicked Tree Gear Saws. Hardcore deer hunters need hardcore tools. Do yourself a favor and check out Wicked Tree Gear, the toughest hand saws and pull saws on earth. You buy it once, you buy it for life, backed by a lifetime guarantee. Right now, if you use the promo code TRUTH, you'll save 20% on your next purchase with free ground shipping. So head over to wickedtreegear.com and get a saw that's tough enough to work as hard as you hunt. So my theory on getting a property late is, um, first and foremost, you know, my, my aspect to looking at all of this stuff is, you know, as I've said a hundred times before, and I know I've told you this before, I don't have a fear of dying. I have a fear of dying before I get to accomplish everything I want to accomplish. You know what I mean? So, um, I try not to lay back, Mm -hmm. but that being said, with a new piece of property like this that you picked up late and obviously has some potential, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying, okay, I think tomorrow when you get off work, you should go out there and and put boots on the ground and cover every square inch. Right. But what I am saying is if you want to get mobile and hang, hang and hunt, then make your, you know, uh, you know, observe it from that tree stand location, Mm -hmm. gather evidence from there. Then maybe you tear down and, and go to the next spot, hang and hunt. Right. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go walking around without a tree stand yeah no i definitely like my method would probably be more of still hunting through it and then when i find sign setting up and it's it's funny it's you know funny you mentioned you know you know hunting mobile and doing hanging hunts because literally today my mantis saddle just came in my tethered mantis saddle so i will be i will be employing that and that's kind of probably going to be i need to I need to spend like this, you know, while the weather's hot and shitty, I might as well spend some time in the backyard getting familiar with that. And so that's kind of what my plan is. And then my plan is to just employ that, wear that in and just carry four sticks with me and, you know, be super light, super mobile. That way I can do exactly kind of what you're saying, which is go in, try to find some Intel. And then whenever I find it set up on it and I'm ready to rock and roll. Um, and and it's not cumbersome because I I don't have any extra weight on me, you know, because, Literally, that thing weighs 15 ounces, whatever, and then whatever the weight of my sticks are, you know. So, what's that like mm-hmm. eight pounds? Mm-hmm. So, it's my total setup weight, well, you know, weigh nine pounds now. Um, which, yeah, which is pretty nice for hunting, hunting mobile and getting in and out of places and hunting public ground. So, sure, but so that's the plan. That's the plan, man. The only the other bummer, dude, about hiking in and doing that and doing hanging hunts is just, I mean, that's well, I, I let me ask you first, like. 
for this year, what's your plan? Like, do you plan to hang and hunt more than hunt setups, or do you plan to hunt more setups? Uh, so my home property, obviously, I kind of have it figured out. Kind of. You right. know what I mean? Yep. This will be my third season um, seeing my own home property, and, and I've had enough cameras out that I've kind of seen what I've seen now. You know, I've continued to change plots and move stuff around and whatnot, but um, I've got one tree stand hung that I don't think it'll move, um, and then I have an elevated blind uh, platform on uh, on a food plot, and, and I don't think that's going to move. Um, on one of my leases down the road, this is the second season hunting it. Uh, some new stands were hung for the new food plot, and one stand went back into a spot that I had it in last year that I really liked last year. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm like, what the heck? I might as well put it back down there. It's a good spot. Um, public ground, I'm at least starting where I finished the year last year. I liked it, and so now I want to see what it's like early season. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the one that I will probably get the most aggressive with. Okay. You know, if I see deer activity 70 yards away through the timber, well, I'm friggin' tearing down and going over there, you right, know? Right, Yeah. Like, screw it, I got nothing to lose, right? Yep. Um, the one other property that I lease with another guy... Um, I've got a set that on paper looks like it's going to be a good spot, but you know, we'll, we shall see. Um, I'm not completely married to the spot Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be ashamed to, to tear it down and move it. But, um, I'd say for the most part. Yeah. So probably 65% of my stands are kind of like habitual career trees to hunt out of. Right. Um, so, you know, 35% 35% of my trees, sands will probably, ha- they have potential to get moved. Um, you know, I am definitely not as aggressive as I used to be. Well, I don't, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't, I, I guess maybe now I do more pre-planning than I did before. Before, I didn't do as much pre-planning and I didn't run as many cameras. So it was like hang and hunt, hang and hunt, hang and hunt. I mean, right. literally... <clears throat> hunt it in the morning, hunt in the evening. If I didn't like it, tear it down at dark and throw it up in a, tr- you know, throw it at the base of the tree or maybe even halfway put it up in the tree. And then tomorrow morning I'll come back. And when I climb up there, then I'll set the tree stands and then actually hunt it that morning. Right. You know, my buddy, my buddy and I, Mike Riddle, we, God, we used to do that so much. I can't even tell you how many stands we hung in the dark. <laughs> um, too many, yeah. way, way too many. Uh, but you get good, you get fast at it. Uh, mm-hmm. but it also, man, it, it can take a toll on you and burn you out too, you know? For sure, man. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just the, the early mornings hanging and hunting every, every hunt. It's yeah, it's, it's brutal. It's not, it's not easy. You know what I mean? It's, uh, no. you know, you're carrying some well, weight. It's tougher for me now. I'm solo, dude. Right. Like, yeah. When it, we get into the season, I mean, I might have a camera guy, I'm lucky if I have a cameraman like 10% of the hunts. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, so add that on to it. So it's like you're hanging and hunting, plus you're setting up all your camera gear. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's, um, so it, I mean, it's a, it's a chore. Um, 
you know, not that I ever took my buddy Mike for granted back home. Um, but man, now is when I start really realizing how nice that was having right. a guy, you know, that, that went with you to, to hunt with you and film, film with you all the time. Um, that's a lot of fun. And we were on the same page. We were both bow hunting. You know, we both were on the exact same page right. all the time. Um, so yeah, it makes a big difference for sure, man. I think all my hunts this year, like put it this way, I don't have one stand pre-hung this year. Uh huh. So mine will all be hanging hunts, but again, you know, with a saddle, it makes it a little bit, makes it a little bit easier, um, mm-hmm. to do that. Just, you know, with the, the lightweight nature of it and, and so forth. But I also kind of did that. So I don't get, I, I have a bad habit of getting married to spots. Historically, I've had a bad habit of getting married to spots. So my, sure. my cure for that was to just not have any stands hung. And then, you know, then I have to make a decision and there's nothing tying me to a spot because look, man, you know, I'm I'm a pretty motivated dude, but I'm not like unlike anyone else where it's like if I if you know I wake up one morning and I'm tired and I have a path of least resistance I can go crawl into a pre-hung set even if I think it might not be the right set for that day it's in uh, the mood is is right and I'm and I'm just beat it's like I might go crawl into that stand knowing that it's probably not the best option you know so to to get rid of that I kind of decided not to really hang anything now that doesn't mean I didn't prep trees I definitely prepped trees and prepped areas that I want to try to get to this year. Um, you know, but just I'll be hanging and hunting pretty much every, every single hunt. Now, once I get to either my dad's, you know, over that last week of, of October, you know, it's like that first day that I'm there, I might hang a set and hunt out of it and then have that kind of be stationary and then use my saddle and other, other areas. And then the same thing goes for Ohio. Like I might hang a stand on that first hunt in a spot where I historically like to be for a day or two and then use my mobile, more mobile rig to kind of move around outside of that, you know, for the, for the remainder of this day. But so that's kind of the plan, man. I don't know if there's a, do you have any other updates, man? Anything, anything new and interesting show up on camera since the last time we talk? Um, no, no. I mean, uh, I actually, you know, something else I just now realized, cause I was going to mention it for trail cameras. The other thing I like about having trail cameras moved towards um, trails or scrapes and things like that is um, I only check my trail cameras on on my way to and from tree stands. Right. Yep. Um, So that way I'm not making another trip out there to, you know, jack around with stuff. Unless it's like a really crazy windy day. And I know the deer are probably going to be down low, hunkered down somewhere, or if it's a it's a rainy day, then and the hunting is kind of sucking for a little while, right? Then I'll I might take a day and, and check all my cameras, you know, all at one time. But, um, right. Anyways, um, I did check the trail camera in public uh, today. I swapped out the SD card. I haven't looked at it yet. Oh man, I expect I expect some text messages after we're done here after you, yeah, after you get yeah. back from so the, from the gym only because I know that that's a spot near there I'm going to look at whenever I'm out next year when I come out to scout. So yeah, I have vested interest yeah. in what you're seeing on your trail camera right now. Well, uh, something else that was discovered since the last time we talked, um, I, I found a match set 
on public last year. I don't know if you recall that match set that I found, but my yeah. buddy Shane Wiest was in town with me. Yeah. Um, that buck uh, is on trail camera. That's that's one of the deer that that I sent you that was uh, that was on that public piece, and I mean he just freaking blew up, completely blew I, up. I just got so excited that I threw my phone. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the first time in my life that I actually found a set of sheds to an unknown buck, and then uh, got a trail camera picture the next year. And am trying to target that particular buck. I mean, I've targeted bucks in the past, but I've never had their sheds. Um, there's been deer that I have seen before, passed them, had no interest in shooting them, and I have found their sheds before. Right. Um, so, anyways, this is a first. Um, so it's pretty cool. But uh, but actually, Shane Weist. I mean, <laughs> like Shane hasn't seen these sheds since March, right? Right, and I send him a picture of that public land buck, and he goes, "Oh, dude, that's all. That's so cool. That's the buck that you got the match sets from. <laughs> that you know that I found, or that you found when I was with you down there in March." Right. I'm like, "What?" That's so awesome. like, I went upstairs, dug through my pile, you know, found the found the match set, and I'm holding them up, you know, right. the way that the deer is walking in front of the camera, and I'm like, "Holy crap! How did he realize that? This is not even his sheds or his trail camera, you know?" Right. <laughs> Dude, he's like Rain Man with antlers, I guess. He is. Shane's good. Him and um, my buddy Dustin on the team is, as well. Dustin's like Rain Man. I mean, he that kid can see he can see a trail camera picture from like seven years ago, and then see the sheds in another state, and he's like, "Yeah, that's from that buck two states over." Nice. Yeah. You're like, "What?" Yeah, I, I I can't do that, man. It's like I literally have to like when I'm looking at deer pictures. I literally, if I think there's one that I've had a, a picture of the year before, and I want, and he looks like he's you know gotten bigger or whatever, I need to literally pull up both yeah. pictures side by side and like look at them and go. Yeah. Now, totally different if it's like you know the buck's got like 12 inch brow tines or, right you know he's got some very odd distinct feature about him you know right then they stand out but when they're just like a regular typical frame i'm like ah, uh, you know yeah it's like then i gotta <laughs> look for so like much. he has a notch in his ear or something you know what i mean yeah, like some, yeah. some identifiable mark like there's that, that that 10 point that's on the property now it's the only reason i know that it's that deer is because Last year, whenever he was just a nine, just like a small basket, like his his main beams came out and looked like I was like, man, I was like, if he gets bigger, his main beams may actually touch. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this year he, like, I'll send you the pictures from last year to this year, and it's like, now it's not Iowa level deer, but for Pennsylvania, you can look at him and see, like, man, he he, you know, for PA, like he kind of blew up within a year. You know, he went from uh-huh. being like a nice little like, oh, he might be something too, like. Oh, okay. Like he's a player, you know, and now his main beams kind of wrap out in front of him and almost touch like where he literally almost has a basket, which is kind of cool. So, yeah. Well, and, and, you know, and also I'll, I'll point out that, um, another, and, and this, this doesn't mean that I wouldn't have ever found a match set and, and a trail camera picture of a buck that matched, but uh, I've never hunted the same property two years in a row. Right. This is the first, this actually, this year is the first year that in my life I have ever hunted the same property two years in a row. 
whether it's because I lost a lease or I moved or the property sold. Right. Um, or, you know, you had a lease with a shithead or whatever, right. you know, there's right. a million different things that that's happened. Right. Yeah. <sighs> I could write a book yeah. on hunting new properties and how to start over again. You know? right. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So that's the other thing that's kind of exciting is this is actually the first year that I have ever hunted a property for the second year that's in good. a row. Um, so I'm hoping that there's, you know, things that I learned from last year to this year that I can, you know, and that's the other thing, like, um, you know, you go to school and you take a test. Mm-hmm. But if you never got your test scores back, you would never know if you did well or not, right? Right. So by not hunting the same properties two years in a row, you make these plays, and then and then you never get to find out if you're right or not, yeah. you know, because yep. you don't get to see the property ever again. Yep. No, I hear you, man. This year... So, it, oh, it's a struggle. Yeah. I mean, this year, I'm... So the swamp is new. My dad's technically is new because Saturday was the first time I've ever hunted it. Like, now I've run trail cameras and watched it but i've never that was the first hunt i've ever done on it and then the only thing that'll be familiar this year will be um the public land in ohio because i have hunted that piece before Mm -hmm. so that'll be my one piece of familiarity man but dude it is here deer season is upon us i'm i'm pretty stoked for this season I, i i don't know that i could be more jacked up than I, than I've been like the past week. Like I've just been in freak out mode, like trying to figure out if there was a way that I could like quit my job for like October and November. But I think I need, sure. I think I need to maintain that for the, for the purposes of, uh, retaining a, a home and a, and a, and a wife. <laughs> so dude, lotto, lotto cuz I'm telling you, dude, that's what we got to do. That's what I'm saying. You and I, we need to win the lotto and then I'll buy a piece of property right next year's and it'll be awesome. Well, it won't be right next. To, well, it it would be my future uh, next property because I'd I'd get out of this area. Yeah, there you go. Then we'll then we'll just go in together. We'll just buy a big chunk of land. There you go. That that's that's what we do. We pull our friggin' money and just buy a giant a giant parcel. Yeah. Because all the time, man, they're always selling properties that are like, you know, this hundred and ten acre piece and a hundred and thirty acre track. You yeah. know. And one family owned it all, but it's technically in two tracks. And they go to auction, and uh, usually it's like first right to refuse which property you want. But, I mean, if you're the second, first and second bidder, then, bam, we're done. Yep. Hammer City, dude. We can dream, right? Yep. This year, That's right. This year I'll settle for one of those swamp bucks. That's what I'll settle for this year. There you go. It's a consolation prize. But All right. Cool, brother. Well, let's, uh, good luck to you this week if you get out in the, get out in the heat. And, uh mm-hmm. And we'll be back here same time, same place, same bad channel here in the next few weeks. All right, folks, that is a wrap for today's show. We'd like to thank all of you, of course, for tuning in and giving us your ear for an hour out of your your day. We definitely don't take it for granted. We appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week. And if you haven't yet, please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. And if you haven't, subscribe to the podcast. We'd be super appreciative if you'd be able to do those two things for us and if you're not already following us on social media this is kind of where you know john and uh, with uh, arrow wild or john mulligan uh, on instagram and then of course truth from the stand on instagram and facebook you can follow, follow along with both of us as our seasons kind of unfold and that would be awesome before we shut this thing down we need to give a big shout out to our partners that continue to help us make this podcast possible 
Wicked Tree Gear, Exodus Outdoor Gear, Trophy Ridge, Ozonics, Obsession Bows, Tecamani Seed, Glacier Coolers, Ramcat Broadheads, Trophy Taker Rests, and Dead Down Wind. And until next time, we'll see y'all. It takes a special knowing to call a heads, broken letters. Nationalize yourself in numbers, but I gotta get All right, gang, the new Truth merch is in stock at truthfromthestand.com and on YouTube below any of the Truth From The Stand videos. I've got some new hats, beanies, t-shirts, long-sleeve t-shirts, and sweatshirts. There's even a new do-hard-shit hat for those of us who like to embrace micro-dosing adversity. So head to truthfromthestand.com and check out the new gear and use the code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, and save yourself some cash on the new gear. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'm the there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.